The time, 7pm. The date, the 23rd of January. The podcast, says in the title. Okay. Feels like a big night. Feels like a really, really big night. I am your Russian host, Yuri Nader. This is Flanks' solo. Tonight, Conor McGregor makes his return to the UFC. I'm going to predict that card under the guidance of a a known friend of the show's who recently deleted Twitter, much to my dismay. We've had some FA Cup fixtures. Got United playing Liverpool tomorrow, but that will be in the second half of the podcast. I'm recording this in two parts. One on the Saturday night, and then I'm going to do my reaction to the UFC card on Sunday morning. Let's get... Let's get into this i'm also going to do that new segment that everyone loved even though i'm not certain a single soul has listened to that last podcast of where i talk about other news potentially venturing into a new slightly satirical sports media that doesn't around sports okay tonight ufc 257 two fights with seeming big title implications and then You've got a pretty meh card. It's it's one of the most McGregor-constructed cards of all time. But I'm happy enough. Uh, I've got my predictions ready and waiting. I'm not going to lie. Apart from the, the main and co-main, I'm not overly confident on my predictions. But, you know, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a few hunches. I've got a lot of takes. That if they come off, make me look like a genius. But if they don't, make me look like a hating wee bitch. So you know you've got to you got to take the rough with the smooth. Okay, Jack Flanagan or Jay Flanagram said, "Break down Dan Hooker's outrageous length." For the first friend of the show topic, this is huge. Much like Dan Hooker, that man has range. Unfortunately, he doesn't have any tangible striking ability. The bloke's going to get outdone. Just because he trains in the same hemisphere as Israel Adesanya does not mean he has any sort of the similar skill set. I think Hooker's going to get fucking demolished. Uh, Chandler's legit. People don't realise that. Like, as much as, yeah, he fights cans, but the guy is a legit fighter. Like, he has insane wrestling pedigree. A really, really good power right hand. He, he could cause some serious damage to that division. I think that starts by just careering through Dan. What is Dan Hooker's nickname? I feel like it's the boogeyman. But I feel like Dan Hooker's going to get fucking destroyed. That's one of the things I'm pretty confident about on the, on the card. And then what else did Mr. Flanagan say? Oh, yes. Uh, he wants an audio unboxing of Dustin Poirier's Louisiana hot sauce. So, well, you know, at, at the SSS channel and the Flanks, this is a solo podcast, we end the place. So, here you go. I've got a box of Dustin Poirier, Louisiana. I don't know what the I don't know what the sauce is called. You hear the you hear the box opening? There's a box opening. It's definitely not a mouse I use to occasionally edit this podcast. Uh, 
It's a wee bottle of hot sauce. Fuck. Looks spicy enough now, doesn't it? I've opened it. Trying a wee taste. This is this next segment's gonna be ASMR. I'm Oh lovely that. Oh very good. Oh wee bit warm on it. Ah fuck. Ah jeggies. And that's uh my reaction to Dustin Poirier's Louisiana hot sauce. And then this is where Mr. Flanagan comes in handy because he has said to give me my picks for the main card. So this is where I actually get to see what I'm about. I'm going to go from first fight of the night up. I think first fight of the card is Rebass, I believe. Rebass to win a decision. Seems safe. She's come out looking good her last two fights. I think. Yeah, I'm happy enough to say Rebass decision here. I'm I'm more than ready to be wrong. Because I have not really seen Marina Rodriguez fight. Even though she's higher ranked than Rebass. Rebass seems to be coming in with a lot more hype. I've watched Rebass fight two or three times now. Seems good. Like I, I don't know. It's very hard to gauge the skill level of female strawweights in the UFC because there is such a skill gap. Like, between the ranked and unranked contenders, it is legitimately fucking acres between the two. Muradov Sanchez? I'd probably go Muradov. I've seen the two combined fight one each. I think I've seen both of them fight once. I don't know how... Like, how is that a main card fight? Yeah, I'm going to go Muradov. And then... We've got... Jessica I versus Jojo Calderwood. Oh, just for... Just for the Scottish... For the Scottish bet. We'll go Jojo. I actually... I really like Calderwood and I fucking hate Jessica I. Uh, Jessica I still hasn't really recovered from the disrespecting Valentina Shevchenko and getting knocked off the face of the fucking universe. So, yeah, I'm going to go Calderwood there. Then, the Cobain, I've already said. Chandler, and I think he finishes him. And then, the main event, where I'm either going to be labelled a hating wee bitch or a genius. I think Poirier beats Conor McGregor. I've said in various instances I think it it could be sub I think it comes earlier than people expect like if Poirier finishes him in round 3 I wouldn't be surprised McGregor yeah he's a great first round fighter but at the same time like you can't fucking have your fight your fight camp halted by you spending 4 million on Jacob and Blake watches that are trash, by the way. Really, really bad purchase. Didn't even get the roulette wheel one. Like, as a gambling addict, that really offended me. But you can't spend your fight camp on a super yacht. And expect to bounce in. Especially with that few fans. Like, for... The notorious one. The showman effect is huge. He does feed off the fans' energy. I know I'm not getting, I'm not getting really into the actual scientifics of the fight. I'm going into something I really hate. Which is mental intangibles. 
But those things do matter at the real high level of fighting. Also, Dustin Poirier is a different fucking beast than the last time they fought. I'm not backing this narrative that, oh, McGregor beat him the first time. How long ago was that fight? 2014? That's a bit like saying in 2012, oh, I'd back us to beat Man City because we beat them in 2006. Things can fucking change in sports. It's a different fight. It's a different weight class. And Poirier has gone on to become probably the cleanest boxer in the UFC. We're hearing a lot of talk about how great Max Holloway is at the minute. Deservedly so. I fucking love the guy. Bless one of my favourite fighters. Torch my man brand T. City Ortega. I have a huge amount of respect for Max Holloway. Dustin Poirier made him look painfully average. Painfully average. He was first to every jab. The jab snapped that night. Poirier is really, really good. And people forget that. McGregor. Let's face it. Not the same guy. I imagine the the coke adult system hasn't really helped him. But he hasn't really improved in six years. Also, you know I was never really that big a McGregor guy in the first place. He was just a giant featherweight on heroin who happened to find the easiest matchup for the lightweight title possible. He's lost to some very, very average... Well, he lost to Nate Diaz. That's all I need to say. Like, His recent resume doesn't look great. Doesn't look great at all. I feel like even though one is, what, 12, maybe 11 years younger, McGregor is very much in that Mayweather stage that Mayweather's currently in, where his best bet would just be to take as much money as possible for the easiest fights possible. McGregor should fight Jake Paul. That's I'm not saying that's the level McGregor's currently at, do not get me wrong, but I'm saying why would you risk your future health and your legacy which is already let's face it his, his legacy spotty at best with what he's done outside of the cage but I don't feel like a second lightweight title run is especially when he's he's going to be handed it because Khabib Khabib might come back Flan did say to talk about the Khabib decision which was essentially Khabib Nurmagomedov saying yeah I'm going to stay retired unless you come and pay me a ludicrous amount of money for a fight I'm very interested in. Which I presume was what we all expected in the first place. Given that's what he said the first time. I I can't see Khabib ever fighting again. Well, that's not true. I can see Khabib fighting again, but I can't see it being for the current lightweight division. Which... Let's face it, I think Poirier beats McGregor. So I think your contenders are going to be Poirier, who could be beat, Gaethje, who could be beat, Charles Oliveira, who does no numbers, Chandler. I mean, he's an interesting style matchup. He's a great wrestler. You've fought great wrestlers before now, though. Like, I don't think he's as good a wrestler as Justin Gaethje. I don't think he has quite as much power as Justin Gaethje. I think he's essentially diet Justin Gaethje. 
with potentially a bit more fight IQ. So I don't think that fight particularly interests him. The Ferguson fight's dead. I think if McGregor goes on to lose to Poirier, you can't really then have Dana, as much as Dana would love to, you can't really have him hand the belt or hand the title fight to him. God knows McGregor wouldn't win that fight. I think Khabib's decision is going to be to stay retired for probably a full year. Like if you let the lightweight division settle and one of Poirier, Chandler or Oliveira or even Gaethje goes on to hold the belt and beats a few guys and start to look dominant and the numbers look right then you can justify wheeling out Khabib out of retirement for 30-0. and 0. That'd, be, that'd be huge. That'd be a much bigger narrative than just fighting a washed up Conor McGregor again. So that's the the current situation. Friend of the show, Connell Turley, decided to, well, I'm not going to say upset me. Because, let's face it, it, it is nice to look back on the times when the bloke could actually fight. He said, rank all McGregor's KOs, fool. For a start, a bit more fucking respect that you'll be on the receiving end of one yourself. I'm, all, I'm only joking. I'm only, I'm only joking you. You've been putting up some real motivational tweets to keep us all going through this difficult quarantine, Mr. Turley. Uh, but yes, McGregor's KOs. I'm only going to do UFC because we've all seen the Cage Warrior stuff. We all know he was a fucking... He was a two-division world champion fighting cans before he was a two-division world champion fighting actual good fighters. So, I think last on the list... We'll go for his first KO in the UFC, which was against Marcus Brimage, who lastly went fucking lost another few fights. I think Marcus Brimage is completely out of MMA now, uh, and he did wear a Vegeta heat sensor to the weigh-in. Marcus Brimage wasn't very good. McGregor did completely dominate him, and that was the start of the hype train. Second, I'm going to go for Diego Brandao. Because, once again, another very underwhelming opponent. Just standard left-hand hammer fist. We've seen it. We've seen it a lot in McGregor's career. Then, I think I'm going to go Dennis Seaver. Because, once again, a bomb. But, at the same time, good KO. Good experience on the night. Was the start of the hype. Was his first main event. That was the the Boston fight night. One of the, the best crowd nights in UFC history. Like, give credit. To give credit to the bloke where it is due, he really knew how to whip up a crowd into a frenzy. Okay, then we actually get into some difficult stuff. Then I'll go Cowboy on the night he invented shoulder strikes. I mean, he was fighting a Cowboy who had lost two fights in a row... As much as I did pick Cowboy to win via head kick, I'll own that. And when I am called out for being a McGregor hater, obviously, people do bring up that I did think Cowboy was going to beat him. So, yeah, that that was still a good finish for him. Uh, 
Cowboys tough, and to finish him within within the first round is is no ill feat. Plus, the finishing sequence was pretty sick. I can't lie. So that was a a good KO. Then I'm gonna go for the first Poirier finish. Sorry, the only Poirier finish. The only Poirier finish because Poirier is beating him tomorrow. Redressing that grievance. Ah, oh, that could that could come back to bite me. Send the first poor A finish. See if he finishes him again. Oh, I'm gonna look like a fucking agent. Okay, then we get into the actual, the the real the meat and veg of it. Here I'm gonna go, Mendes. Because we all know those elbows were illegal, and Chad Mendes really beat him. We all know that, don't we? In the back of our in the back of our minds, we always have that. Us McGregor haters. Uh, but no, nah, it was a great sequence. Vegas International Fight Week. Same card as Lawler McDonald too. Unbelievable atmosphere. The the raggedy homeless McGregor who had like so, he had a lot of injuries in the build up too. Couldn't really spar, but he had a lot of shots. He had a lot of damage, and then gets up, head kick, left hand has him in the cage, walk off KO to end the round. Pretty much, it was a it was a pretty sensational moment. The hand in the interim, featherweight title. That was a a great great fight, a great moment. I can't lie, that that has to rank pretty highly up there in terms of UFC moments. As does the complete domination of Eddie Alvarez. In terms of a performance from a challenger, because he was the challenger, obviously, in a title fight, it's up there with Usman dominating Woodley. It's up there with Cruz and Garbrandt. It's up there with Cody coming in just completely starching Dominic. But the McGregor one, like it didn't even feel like they fought in the same promotion. Almost as if Eddie Alvarez has always been a Bellator fighter, but... Sorry, I, I I misspoke. But yeah, McGregor did completely starch him. He was first to every punch that night, dropped him so many times. But that does happen when you fight a wrestler who doesn't want to wrestle. Uh, but yeah, that's second. And then number one on the list, I, I don't think it's any surprise that McGregor's number one KO in the UFC is the Aldo. The 12-second knockout in the title fight. As I think... I don't know, it's not the best knockout in the UFC history in terms of, like, skill base for it. Like, it's just, it's a left hand. But in terms of the gravitas of the moment, I don't know if we'll ever see a a better knockout in the UFC than that one. Okay. I think that's going to be the McGregor topics wrapped up for now. This is going to be the end of the first half of the podcast. I'll be back reporting in on Sunday, probably afternoon. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to take a, a little power nap after the fights. Get up and do it then. To recap what I hope is a great set of predictions. Good afternoon, gentlemen and gentlemen and gentlemen. God, it is a fine day to wake up and be the most knowledgeable man in all of sports media. 
It really is. He got starched. Conor McGregor got absolutely starched. The world is a better place. Ah, <laughs> uh, sweet, sweet validation. In terms of other fights in the card, Chandler was insane. Chandler looked really good. I'm, I'm happy about that. Could lead up to something special. I mean, for your number one guy in the UFC, like for, for your number one, for a lot of people's, oh, uh, he still that could be it was just because he wasn't hungry enough. <laughs> Suck my nards. The bloke couldn't check a calf kick. <laughs> the fraudulent rise of Conor McGregor like I'm saying it right now when the curtain closes and the history books are written Conor McGregor is closer to Ronda Rousey than George St. Pierre simple as he's a gimmick he's a left hand he caused a a lot of great spectacle, don't get me wrong. Still a lot of fights, still Brock Lesnar. Where's he ranking your all-time UFC fighters? <laughs> Beautiful evening for me, I can't lie. The only disappointment is that I didn't put any fucking money on Poirier to finish. Ah. Uh, all good. I have emotional vindication, which is my favourite currency. Lord knows I'd rather be right than rich. It, the first round was close. I said the first round was going to be close. McGregor's still a great first round fighter. He has no gas tank. He has no gas tank. And has very little in the way of a game plan. So, once you get into those later rounds, he gets exposed. Refuse to respect Poirier's power. Like... Still walking into shots when he was already hurt. And everybody knew he was already hurt. That got him into trouble before. A la Nate Diaz. I actually... I had come around to the idea that Poirier was going to win by sub. In the in the Nate Diaz fashion of just McGregor gets desperate. Didn't even get the chance. Got knocked out stark cold. Got knocked out cold. Ah. <sighs> It's a good day. It's a bloody great day. I am so happy. I would have won a heap of money if Amanda Rebaz could fucking win fights, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I am right. Oh, thank goodness. That one feels good. That one feels really good. Dustin Poirier is a better fighter than him. <laughs> He's a better fighter than Conor McGregor is. Simple as. What's next for him? I don't know. Where does the lightweight division go from here? I don't know. Luckily, our old friend of the show, Faker McGuire, has just just been on the blower to me, saying, Now, how do you do it? How are you always so flipping right? And I've once again blundered all my predictions. He also asked what the future of the lightweight division holds. Pretty much what I said at the start. I don't think Khabib... Khabib's getting out of bed for Dustin Poirier. I don't think Khabib's getting out of bed for Charles Oliveira. 
and I think you're going to have to wait at least a year for Khabib to get out of bed for Michael Chandler. Faker's other question was, is being a dad the best base for MMA? Yeah. I mean, we all know how good Donald Cerrone became once Danger was born. McGregor might be the one outlier of that room. Because let's remember that the time McGregor took out of the sport was because Conor McGregor Jr. was being born. The McGregor press conference post Alvarez in MSG talking about how Dee was pregnant. That's kind of when it ended. That's when the run was brought there close. I don't know what... I don't know how well Last Light sold either. Uh, Dana came out and said it sold very well, but Dana's a lying bitch, so... Who knows? Uncle Dana also took down my stream, not once but twice. So fair play to him. He, he was on his game last night. I feel like now is probably a good time to get into other sports. I, I feel like I've done enough victory laps. In football this week, United play Liverpool. It's in the FA Cup. Which, as we all know, in my mind, stands for the Fuck All Cup. Because I could give less than two fucks about winning the thing. If I wanted a day out at Wembley and a hundred grand, I'd win the postcode lottery. Fuck the FA Cup. I hope we play the weakest team possible. And we lose handily. And Jurgen Klopp still somehow finds a way to complain in the post-game interview. Uh, either way, I hope United lose. I hope they get torched. Other games, I think Chelsea play in the early kickoff. Oh, actually, that game will be started. That game will be started. No, it won't. Will it? Is it a half twelve or a twelve? It started, and Tammy Abraham's already scored. Woohoo! What a great day for football! I love the FA Cup. What a magical competition! Ah, oh, fuck me. Any time out of meaningful. Competition is horseshit. Fuck the international breaks. Fuck cup competitions. Just play Champions League and play fucking the league. Anything else means nothing to me. This whole narrative that teams like an Everton could really use a trophy. Who gives a fuck? Maybe that is just from the perspective of a, a United fan who's been spoiled his whole life with trophies. But I'm not getting out of bed for an FA Cup. Uh, what are the other friends of the show topic we have this week? Lewis Dell sent me some bars, but I'm going to have to deal with those elsewhere. Friend of the show, Harry Cleary, our American sports correspondent, said about the NFC and AFC championship games that are happening this evening. Well, we all know, I told you weeks ago, that... The way to spend your money was not Bitcoin. It was putting all of your money into a double of the Chiefs in France. As in the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and France to win the Euros. I don't know if a damn thing's changed. Pat Mahomes is injured. Which is worrying. I do think the Super Bowl ends up being the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a bit of an outlier. Not many people are giving the Bucks much of a chance. I think Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league by the looks of things, is going to scorch them. I don't know. I like these Bucks. They're good. 
they beat this team quite handily earlier on the season. I don't know if it's as much of a formality as everyone's making it out to be. Because it's Lambeau late in the season. I think the Bucks win. And I think the Chiefs win. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Harry, for your topic. Uh, I think we'll we'll further discuss this subject on the Super Bowl episode. Then, the show's graphic designer, D. Terrence, the goat, the man behind the thumbnails, said to me, thoughts on the Nets making the finals this year? I said to him, probably have to, don't they? If it wasn't for my Hawks. No, I do think the Nets win the East, unfortunately, as much as I hate every member of that team. Now, they've really, really gone out of their way to assemble the most dislikable team in NBA history. Fucking Snake Durant, Fat Boy Harden, all anchored by the flat-earth dork Kyrie Irving. I have no fucking like for that team, which is, it is unfortunate, because I would like to see Steve Nash coach a likeable franchise into mediocrity. Like he was a likeable player leading teams into mediocrity. But no. I think that team's that team's really good. They're going to give up 120 points a game from now till Kingdom Come. But they are really good. And I don't think any team in the NBA can keep up with them when they have players catching heat. Durant's been unbelievable this year. It's It's gone really under the radar. But Durant's been very, very good. On an individual defensive matchup level as well, Durant's been very good, which people aren't commenting on because they give up so many points. But Durant's been probably the best two-way player in the league so far. Maybe Kawhi. Kawhi's had a great season so far too. Giannis Antetokounmpo's bad at basketball. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I'm not going to say psych, but you can you can hyperimpose a psych in there. But yeah. I think the Nets do make the finals. They've got to go through my Hawks. Everybody knows how difficult that's going to be. And when I say my Hawks, I don't mean I've stopped supporting my beloved T-Wolves. I just have a, a vested interest in the Hawks doing well this season that would potentially correspond to a great financial future for my betting accounts. So hopefully it's the Hawks, but I do imagine it is the Nets and the Lakers in the finals. Which would be good for ratings. LeBron actually has a reasonably fair chance to beat KD this time. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, the Lakers are up 3-1. Kyrie just fucking rips open the Nets jersey. He's had a Lakers jersey on the whole time. The whole narrative of him not wanting to play with LeBron because he wanted to be a number one guy. He's now the third option in Brooklyn. He just whips off the Lakers. He's a Laker all along. Kyrie Irving getting fucked over is the best part of this trade. Left LeBron, couldn't play with LeBron, needed to be a number one guy, now a third option, and plays 20 times a season. I love to hear that. Let's get into news. We all know the news has become a big part of Slightly Hysterical Sports. As of last episode, when I decided the news needed to be a big part of Slightly Hysterical Sports. Okay. This week, Joe Biden was inaugurated. He is officially the President of the United States. And how did the woke left celebrate getting their guy in? Well, they fucking maligned the fact he had a Rolex on. The bloke's worth a few, Bob. Like, what do you want? 
What do you want them to do? We're a fucking Casio. He's worth a few quid. He deserves something Swiss. Then Bernie Sanders wearing mittens has been seen everywhere on the fucking internet this week. And I've yet to find out how it's funny. It's just an old bloke wearing mittens. You ever been on public transport in February? You see 80 variants of that meme in the front row of the bus. It's not particularly funny. It's just an old bloke being old. Other news. Larry King died. I was actually fucking really upset. Larry King's one of the goats. People who have been forced to grow up with fucking Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Nesbitt and Jimmy Dornan. A lot of Jimmys out there. Uh, They won't know just how good Larry King was, but one of the best interviewers to ever live. And we'll always have that moment to him grilling Larry Seinfeld. His name isn't Larry. His name is Jerry. Grilling Jerry Seinfeld. Great TV moment. Rip Larry King. Good guy. Uh, Sporting news. Sean Dyke and Jurgen Klopp nearly had a fight. You'd think, why didn't you include that in the sporting section of your podcast? Technically, it would be amateur sports. It would be a bit of combat sports on the side. Not, It's not really football news. It's not really boxing news. So it does go into this, just the news segment of the podcast. And finally, it snowed this morning. And you already know that because you follow a woman on social media. I'm actually, that's, that's a false statement because a load of blokes I know are doing it too. Do people think that their followers are fucking just Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles and Helen Keller? I don't know if Helen Keller can see. That might be a, a blunder on my part. Hmm. I'll maybe look into it. Maybe edit it out. Probably won't. But yes, for some reason, whenever fucking the snow is out, the world must go to their Instagram story and inform other people who live in the same fucking geographical radius as them that, oh, it has snowed. Oh, it's snowed, all right. I've been a bit, I've been a bit angry this episode, this second half, despite the fact that I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Ah, I'll be back next week in Clown Cookie Land, like, but. For now, I, Yuri Nader, am on top of the world. I got it right for once in my sodding life. Ah, it feels good. I'm Yuri Nader. Jeepers, when you say my name fast, it's a... Fuck! Good night. God bless.